Hi, and welcome to The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I am joined by Amanda Delaney of High Caliber Line to talk about the importance of protecting your mental health while on social media. Both Delaney and I get candid about our battles with the negative effects of social media, which can include feelings of inadequacy, FOMO, depression, and anxiety. What are the telltale signs that social media is having a negative impact on your mental health, and what can you do about it? Find out right now. Amanda Delaney, welcome to the Social Angle Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Long time, long time listener, first time caller. I love that. I love the long time, first time. So, um, so how are things going uh, down in Florida, right? Yeah, things are good. You know, summers in Florida are weird. You have, it's it's hot, 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 but then it storms every day. So yesterday, I think it was like in the 70s all day, which was freezing for me, but it felt kind of good. Um, but yeah, you just got these crazy rainstorms and thunder and lightning and, you know, just dodging, dodging lightning and slaying a promo. Things are good. Where yeah. are you again? We're up in... Um... Uh, Pennsylvania. We're a little bit, I'm north of uh, Philadelphia where I live. Uh, uh, ASI's home offices are like right on the uh, cusp of Philadelphia. So you're at the, I did not know that. Yep. Yep. So anyway, Amanda, before we get into this topic, we have a great topic today. We're talking about uh, mental health and social media. Um, But before we jump into that topic, uh, why don't you tell the world, you know, who you are, you know, uh, the company you work for and how long you've been in this industry? Oh, that is a loaded question. Luckily, I've gotten very good at uh, telling that story. Um, yeah, so Amanda Delaney, I have been in this industry for over 19 years. I started through a temp agency right out of high school and um, history from there. So I'm with High Caliber Lines. So I'm an outside rep slash uh, key accounts for High Caliber Lines. They're a West Coast-based Supplier, I obviously live in Florida, so it was a really good opportunity that came up as a result, ironically, of a pretty uh, rough 16 months of some mental health. So it, uh, it it really worked out. There's some great people who are doing some really exciting things. I feel like I'm really in a place where I'm able to do, I feel like I've been training for 19 years and I didn't realize it, but then I'm like, bam, here I am. So it's uh, it's it's cool. My role's evolving and the people are great. And it's just, uh, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do in 2022. 19 years. Wow. I would would have never guessed that 19 years. Yeah. People say that. I'm almost 40. Well, I should stop saying that. I still have a 39 before I hit 40, but I'm 38 and people always, I get 28 a lot. And at first I thought people were just being nice, but I'm like, Oh, maybe I really do look young. So, but yeah, 19, 19 years. Crazy. I don't look, looking young is good. I'm going to be 50 next year. If you can believe it. Um, you know, I'm over 32. (laughs) <laughs> but I, you know, like everyone says, oh, you look younger. I'll take that. When I was younger, I wanted to look older. Now that I'm older, I'll take looking younger. So. I know, right? You always want what you can't have. But right. <laughs> yeah, industry has changed a lot. It's uh, cool to be a part of the industry now as it's kind of, you know, evolving and changing. I think the pandemic kind of threw a lot of us into what we've been trying to do for a long time is really right. that story selling and message-based branding and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's fun, but I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. The Secret Society promo is... My lifeline. I love it. Same with me. I've been in the, this industry 13 years. I love it. I'm not going anywhere. Oh. Um, so if you try, it'll suck you back in. It's happened. There's case stories out there. Yeah. guys. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So Amanda, let's talk uh, social media and mental health. So yes. the positive of 
the positive aspects of social media are well documented. Connectivity, you're, you know, you can, you stay in touch with your friends, your family, networking, education, learning. But the negative aspects of it can be de- like really debilitating. Um, can you give us some examples of the negative effects that users should be mindful of? Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think the obvious is is out there. You know, you you compare your life to other people's, and I'm not saying that's the obvious or you shouldn't feel like that. Your feelings are valid, however you feel. And I went through a phase where I think it was about five years ago. Danny Rosen had actually posted something on social media about it was right before social media really started, you know, we really started using it for business and especially in this industry. And I was kind of one of the early adopters as I usually tend to be. And Nikki had said something about uh, social media. Like, do you, it's, it's like a drug. It's a high you're, you're making your life look better. So on and so forth. And I've always said, I'll be one of the first people to admit now, again, this is five years ago when I'm having a bad day or, you know, I'll post something on social media because those likes kind of give me a little something, something. Sure. Fast forward a few years later, I, I feel like I got dependent on those likes without even realizing, you know what I mean? So that whole, it's kind of like a drug. It really does just like suck you in. And about two years ago, all of a sudden, so mm, I'd probably say about six months before the pandemic hit. So yeah, about right about two years ago, uh, I started realizing that if I didn't have something to post on social media, I'd get anxiety. Um, it was no longer about that. I needed so many likes or, you know, whatever. It was just, I felt like I was, I posted all the time because I had done that for so long to get me through some kind of down in the dumps days, um, you know, depression, sadness, you know, either, or, and all of a sudden I realized that I would get anxious if I didn't have this big story to put out there. If I didn't have some bad story to flip a positive on, you know, I've been very public about my life. I've been very public in the industry about my struggles with mental health and depression and anxiety. And I'm in a great space now where I feel like I can talk about it freely and talk about how I've, you know, gotten to the other side of it, which I call managing it. But, uh, it was a very weird time when I, when I kind of connected the dots and then I just didn't know what to do. Right. Um, the negative aspects, as far as, you know, you're comparing your life to somebody that wasn't something that I did anymore. Like I had, I had gotten past that. I think that just comes with age and being more secure in yourself and more confident with yourself, but it was just this weird anxiety. Like, I feel like I have to post something or if I'm not posting something because I was so prolific on social media, whether for work or personal, people are DMing me saying, is everything okay? What's going on? And then all of a sudden I found myself in a space right before the pandemic hit where I felt like. I just, I just, I felt like it consumed me. The ironic part is nobody probably cared, <laughs> right? but I did, right. you know, that's the perception. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my, when I really started realizing that I was probably doing something wrong. Cause not only was it not giving me the highs it was giving me, you know, before right. it just, it was, I mean, it was just causing me a lot of stress over, over nothing. Right. And I think you bring up the likes and I think, you know, social media is engineered to, to draw you in and suck you in and, and, almost being like an addiction, Um, you know, and when you bring up the likes and this happens to everybody, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a, you know, a 65 year old, 70 year old who's using social media or you're my daughter's age who she's 13. When you post something on social media, the, the feedback, the likes, the comments, the shares is what you're you're ultimately looking for, right? Yeah. Because you're you're having an indirect conversation, so to speak. And you compare yourself to 
like, hey, this post last week or this tweet or whatever got more likes than it. Like you're you're comparing yourself to your to yourself. You're comparing yourself to others, yep. and it becomes like you know this this pass or fail type of thing. Yeah. And it's it's really it you know, and it still happens to me. And it's funny because I post you know for ASI on social media. And I'll craft something, you know, with the intention of getting likes and comments and shares. And when it does, it doesn't do well. I get the like the anxiety. I'm like, why didn't this do well? It, it like I thought it was a really great crafted piece of content. And you know, this is from a business perspective. You know, I'm getting anxiety from the business perspective for personal use as well. It's like I'll post something and I'm like, why didn't anybody comment on this? I and I get frustrated. I'm like, and yeah. then I realize that is not good for your mental health, you know? No, I went through this the other day. My friend had posted this video and I'm not, I'm, I'm a big resharer of content. I always say like my quote unquote tribes, you know, content podcasts and whatnot. And, um, I've shifted, I can get into that later, but I kind of shifted how I work my social media today, but my Facebook is a little bit of a mix of everything. It's half personal. It's mostly me sharing stuff and it's, you know, just sharing other people's stuff. It's probably like 70% work. But I posted something the other day, a YouTube video, and that I had reshared it from a friend of mine. I think she got like 45 likes or something. And I had one this morning, literally was going to go back and delete it. And I'm like, well, I can't have that on my Facebook. Fast forward now, after doing social media management, some other things, I understand how algorithms work. So that helps me feel a little bit better about myself. But still, I caught myself doing it the other day. And I was like, I have to delete this post. Nobody liked it. Like, like I'm going to be the uncool kid in like high school or something when in reality, Nobody's looking at my page every day to right, see right. who likes what. <laughs> it's like, you know, God forbid somebody goes to your page and you have something and nobody liked it. And you're like, oh my God, like, should I delete it? Should it even be out there? It makes me look bad. But we really, still make it almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I think that's the impression people get. And, you know, and I think that's kind of where you go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I posted something I wanted to engage in, in a conversation, I got one like, you know, and it was like, oh my God, what's going on here? Is it me? Yeah. When it's not you, it's not anybody, like, it's just social media. That's, you have to just t- take yourself outside of it. It's like, nobody engaged with it. So what, you know? So we bring up inadequacy, you know, there's clearly um, the feelings of inadequacy because social yeah, media, social media, especially the, the visual aspect of social media puts you in a, in a, in a place where you feel like my daughter does this all the time. You know, she poses for pictures. She wants to look her best. She wants to give the impression that everything is great. And look, I do it too. You know, anytime you take a picture of yourself, you, you know, you got my good side here. You like, you want to look good. My good angle. It. Yeah. So, you know, you have the, the, the feelings of inadequacy that can come right. from that because you see your friends posting this stuff. Oh, so-and-so is over here they're having a great time and it kind of you know it, it puts you it can put you in a bad place if you let it so we talk yeah. about the inadequacy there's also this you know fear of missing out you know i think social media also really drives home that feeling of like hey i'm not there like for instance i was at a concert last night my first concert since the pandemic right so what concert uh the ava brothers uh, my wife oh, and i are, are nice are big fans yeah. Yeah. And they played in Philly last night. So um, they've been playing, you know, a bunch this summer and we watch 
you know, some of these people that we know going to these concerts and it's like, you sit there and you're like, oh man, like, I wish I could have gone. It looked like a great time. So I think, you know, the FOMO is also kind of driving down feelings of, you know, depression and anxiety. Um, yeah. you know, and certainly the, the, the pandemic is, is, is driving that as well, because there is a, like, there's a lot of ambivalence with people right now. It's like, they want to get out there. They want to do things, but also the pandemic is kind of, you know, messing with their head as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up to the FOMO. Um, I don't even think I answered your first question, but yeah, the, the FOMO aspect I think is what, and like I said, I've done a lot of work to kind of manage, you know, um, how I view my social media, but I, 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 I've run into that before, you know, I, I still run into it sometimes where it's a, a group of friends, you know, and this is a lot in the, uh, mostly in the industry, because I've, I've been in this industry for 19 years. So people on the shows, you, you see people at a, tra- a trade show that you just don't work, right? No big deal. It's not your territory. You don't work it, but you see all of your friends and you're kind of like, oh, I'm missing out. But then what if you see the same group of friends out one night after a show and you're at that show and you're sitting in your hotel room and you're like, wait, these are my friends. Why didn't I get invited to this? Or that's the kind of FOMO that I have experienced where I'm kind of like, huh. And again, that goes, there's internal issues as to why social media doesn't just make you feel sure. like that, you know? So I've worked on those internal issues and why I feel so left out or insecure, but that's a big thing where I've had friends, you know, come up to me, industry friends specifically saying, oh, Hey, I see you do this once a year or, you know, and it's kind of this, I'm not invited and these are my friends. And it's, it's just a weird, right. weird FOMO, like not the ha 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 FOMO. Like right, it's a right, real right. fear of missing out that translates or transpires into, do they not like me? Am I not cool enough? And that leads down the depression, the anxiety. I mean, it just, it's easy to spiral in your head. Right. So I think it, it, it's good to, to be mindful of these things, um, you know, yeah. like likes, comments and shares are not everything. You know, I think nope. people have to realize that also, you know, missing out on, on, on things is okay too, you know, and you have to, you have to accept it. And, you know, and we're going to get to kind of how you can protect yourself in a minute, but let's talk about a conversation you and I had with a bunch of others on a, uh, what's, what's called a Twitter space for those that, don't know. It's, it's kind of like a conversation, but uh, it's live on Twitter. And you and I participated uh, in the conversation mm-hmm. about mental health. So um, we talked about the negative effects and kind of, you know, the dark places that we've been because of social media. Can you can you share a little bit about your story? And I'll do the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I really realized that social media had impacted me, because like I said earlier, I, I, I would say, oh, I'm guilty of that. Um, I'll, I'll post something when I'm feeling a little down with the dumps or, you know, the times I'm posting the most, the times that I'm not feeling the best. And I've always said to myself, well, you're self-aware, you know that, so you're fine, but that's not the case because all the looking and all the scrolling, you know, that FOMO, that whatever else kind of just like accumulates in the back of your head, whether you realize it or not, I think that's why taking breaks from social media is really important. But for me, it was, it was after the, well, it was before the pandemic hit, but it was November of 20, gosh, 19. I lost my job. I was going through a breakup. You know, I, I wasn't stalking my ex-boyfriend's like Facebook page or Instagram page or, you know, anything like, but names will pop up. And then depending on the kind of day you're having, you'll go down that rabbit hole, you'll click this or you'll click that. And it's, they take you down rabbit holes. You don't want to go down, you know? And, um, I've heard a lot of people say they need to disengage from social media because they don't, 
breakups and personal relationships, or, you know, I've had a best friend breakup before. And that, that was even kind of harder to watch, you know, that person with my friends. And I start to feel all of these things, but it can really, really take you down a bad path because everything we just said about that's not reality. They're posting the best filters. We all use filters. We all use our good site. And you know what I mean? But that doesn't, that's not your reality anymore when it's all back there. Like, you know what I mean? Um, that just becomes your reality. And then for me, before I knew it, I was like, and then the pandemic hit, I'm out of the industry. I don't know what I'm going to do. I moved back home to Seattle. You know, um, I'm somebody who's battled depression and anxiety for over a decade of my life anyways. And I had got myself to stop posting about like what I was doing, when I was doing it, I was going to go dark like Taylor Swift. Right. Right. Um, and then I realized that that's, didn't work for me either because of the FOMO. So there's really kind of no, no, no win. So it was just, it it was seeing a lot of my friends trying to push through this pandemic together. And I'm sitting here kind of like faking it until I make it right. I was working for a distributor. I started in the industry with, but I was just getting paid cash on the table. I was posting on social media. Like I was doing a lot more intentionally because I wanted to stay in the industry as much as I could, because I knew I wanted to come back into it. But that became like a full-time job, just trying to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. And that's just when I really started doing some digging as far as why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and, and why social media is just not, I, I, I needed to flip my, flip my script on how I, how I use it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but. No, it, it does. Um, You know, you talk about rabbit holes and, and, and this is something that I think, I believe we talked about this on our conversation about how you can so easily get diverted from what you're, the reason that you're on social media for. Like, you're, like for me, I'm on social media for business all day. Right. And, you know, I see something trending and boom, like immediately um, I'm like I'm in a place where I'm not supposed to be, right? You know, I'm like, oh, so-and-so, you know, died and all of a sudden you like now you're digging through and, yep. and, and then you're like, why am, why was I on social media to begin with? You, you forget that you, lost you were an there for a and you lost an hour of your day. And, you know, then that becomes, you know, a time waster. There are so many directions we can go with this. Like, you know, that in itself is, you know, a, a separate conversation, but I do think that, you know, social media, when you're in a bad spot, especially when, you know, you're easily distracted, can send you down into the really darkest, you know, areas of, of social media. And like you mentioned a few yourself. Yeah. And I think you said when we were uh, talking on that Twitter space a few weeks ago, we, we talked about that rabbit hole that you can go down. And I said, you know, a lot of us, especially in this industry are ADD. I personally am ADHD. There's a significant difference between the H and not having an H. Right, right. <laughs> I'm proud of my H in a weird way, but, um, you know, so that's, that's something further to look on or look at uh, as it is. You might, I mean, squirrel, I'm distracted, you know, so then you find yourself going down a rabbit hole. Maybe you stumble across your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend's page or something. And then it's just an hour of your time is gone. You don't remember why you got on there to post in the first place. Now anxiety's kicking in because, oh crap, I have this meeting. I did do, you know what I mean? And it just, it's just this suck you in. You could be having the best day with like everything planned out and it can just take you down this rabbit hole. Totally. Totally. So I'll, I'll, t- I'll share you, you know, with you quickly, my story, yeah. like I've been doing social media for business and I've had a personal social media account. I think it was Facebook. I, it was 2008 for a long time. <laughs> like I've been doing business too 
since 2009. So I'm pretty much all of my work days are on social media. And I've been pretty good at, at, at least I think, protecting myself against the negativity of social media. And I mentioned earlier that, yes, you know, I, I post content for a business in with the intention to get likes. And when they don't get it, hey, they don't get it. Like, I don't take that personally. Right. I try not to. Um, for personal, you know, hey, look, I got a couple hundred, I got like 500 or 400 friends on Facebook. I don't even, I didn't even think I knew that many people. So when I post something on Facebook, you know, and I get like 10 likes, like, I don't take it personally. Sometimes I get a hundred likes on something and I'm like, oh, okay, that did it. That did and well. I don't know 90 of those people. <laughs> right, right. It's like, who do I know? Why do I, why am I friends with, oh, I worked with them three jobs ago. You know, like, okay, you know, it's crazy that we have this friend network that half of the people don't, we don't even know. But anyway, my story is I know exactly when I, social media really hit me hard. It was March 11th of 2020. It was, it was the Wednesday before that Black Friday, which was March 13th when, when every, it was Friday the yep. 13th, everything shut down. All of a sudden businesses, you know, were, were like going remote, but it was that Wednesday when the NBA um, suspended its season. Tom Hanks came out and Tom Hanks came out and said, he's got COVID him and his wife. And this sort of dystopian reality started to come into play. Like, like, is this the end of the world? Like I had these feelings of like, like, and it was, it was crazy because my wife is like, I think you're getting a little bit crazy here because in my mind, I was like, we have to go stockpile food and like, my mind was the markets are going to crash. The, the world is going to come to a halt. There's going to be martial law. Like I went into the deepest, darkest places because of this. And social media was really feeding this. Like I was finding out all this information. Like Tom Hanks has COVID. The NBA season is suspended. Like, and then you click on something and then you, then you see these fringe crazies posting things and they get into your head. And it's like, Oh my God, conspiracy theories, this, yep. that. Yep. And, what and do then, I believe? You don't know what to believe. Is this source true? Is that source true? I read it on the internet. It has to be true. Right. And that's what social media is. It's given a, a megaphone to everybody who has an opinion. And you and a lot of people like myself read these things and you're like, oh my God. And all of a sudden you're checked out. Like yep. mental. Okay. I'm at work. I'm trying to work. Now I'm like, oh my God. Like what, what like I start getting profound. What does this all mean? You know, yep. does this matter? Um, and that's when I realized I was going down a very dark rabbit hole. And it wasn't that it wasn't then when I realized I needed help. It was a couple months later when yep. we were all in a really kind of strange, unfamiliar, unprecedented place. We're working from home. We don't we don't know what who's going to get COVID. Are you going to get sick? Are you going to die? You have kids, this, that, any other thing. And then I was like, I need to see somebody. I, you know, I kind of like, you know, that's like one of those, those things. It's like, do you want to talk to a therapist? You know, like if you don't talk to a therapist, you're strong, you're a strong person. No, no. I, I was self, I realized that I needed to talk to somebody, you know, and I started seeing a therapist and, you know, I started taking medication and slowly, but surely I, I started to get better. I started to realize like, I can beat this. I can detach myself from social media and take myself outside. Like, yes, are, are we up against some challenges? Clearly we are. 
you know, even today. But during that time, it was like, you know, it was all doom and gloom for me. And I was able to kind of unravel myself out, out of it. So, you know, and, and I thank the, the, the therapy and I thank, you know, the medication. And thank you for sharing that too, because I've, that's one thing I've, since you and I first really connected one-on-one uh, not too long ago, you've been so open about, you know, your story and what this has done. And so it's, uh, it's, it just, it's cool to, it's cool to hear, you know, cause for me, I know kind of where I've been and where I'm at today. And it just, it's, it's, it's cool to hear parts of your story too. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. But- you know, I come from like a, a very, like my father wouldn't, and he wasn't really big in being in my life, but he was, you know, this macho dude, like that to me, that to him would have been weakness. Like, and that's kind of the, the things that I learned from him. You know, I took a lot of the negative stuff from him and that was like something you never do, you know, like, you know, the, those stupid macho, like don't ask, ever ask for directions, like that kind of stuff, you know, it emasculating that that's baloney. Like, you know, like when you have, you know, resources available to you to help you get through something, Yeah, you know, I, and look, I, I wasn't resistant because of that. I was resistant because I thought everyone's going through this. Everyone's having the same feelings. But then when I saw how, why are you how so special? Yeah. Why am I special? Why do I deserve this treatment? Then I realized, Hey, you know, we have the insurance, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out and it's worked for me. And I'm so happy to hear that I'm in the process right now of finding, um, you know, a, a new therapist. There's after the last year and a half, I have a lot of new things that I need to to work on. You know, I kind of was in survival mode for 16 months and nobody really talks about on social media. Right. <laughs> like, trust me, I have looked, nobody really talks about what happens when you get to the end of survival mode. When you've been living in chaos and survival mode for so long, when you get your life back, I have the house, I have the job, I have the, you know, what what next? And so that's been a whole new wave of anxiety and depression and and motivation. And, you know, that my last therapist took me as far as she could. So I'm trying to find a new therapist for that, but finding a therapist who you want to talk to, first of all, is super important. And I'm sure your therapist has talked to you about this too. For me, I learned through therapy, my years and years and years in therapy. It's the things that I'm seeing on social media, they're triggering something inside of me, right? I have FOMO and feel left out because of some insecurity that probably stems way back to my own daddy issues, right? Sure. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Uh, you know, and when I was able to go through therapy, it was actually rehab when I went to um, rehab after the story's been out there. But after I lost my mom, I, you know, kind of world fell apart, chose to handle that very poorly. And I uh, went to rehab and got the help I needed and was in the program where, you know, working the steps, they, they talk about really breaking it to each situation down to finding your part of things that is what has been able to help me kind of manage my social media now, I guess, you know, as far as I, um, uh, I think we talked about this last time too. I, I have, I've always been very proud of the fact that my work life and personal life are very intertwined. Um, right. I wouldn't want it any other way. I think a lot of us in the industry say that, you know, uh, until my personal life and professional life were too intertwined and, it, it's a, it's, it's like a slippery slope. It's like addiction, right? You, you, you don't realize that you need help until you're at rock bottom. I didn't realize right, right. that social media was playing such a big part in everything. It's, it's, it's like, it gave me because my work and personal life were so intertwined. I didn't know which was which anymore. I didn't know what channel I was posting on who I was posting it for. Am I posting it for my friends back home on the West coast so they can see what I'm up to? Am I posting it because I need 
some sort of status boost or ego. You know what I mean? Sure. It just became so intertwined. And because I've gone through therapy, because, you know, everything that I learned when I spent that year sober, I was really able to kind of look back and say, it's again, I think a lot of that comes with age and again, a lot of therapy, but just to be able to kind of separate the two and say, okay, I have a, I have a work promo Instagram now. It's not tied to one company. Sure. It's not tied to, you know, it is my Amanda in promo. And then I have my personal Instagram, which is very much on lockdown. I went through about eight months ago and deleted a ton of people from Instagram and Facebook, not because I feel like I have something to prove, but just because there's all these people that after going through kind of what I've gone through the last year and a half, and you have your own version of that too. We all have our versions of going through what we went through the last year and a half. I don't think everybody get, should, should get to see what I'm up to and whether sure. they or not, you know what I mean? Right. So right. because on that personal Instagram still goes some of the dark with some of the light. And um, I don't know, I'm just a lot more selective about what I share now. That's helped me kind of mean, maintain it. But like I said, it's crazy. You don't realize that grasp that has on you until you realize it has that grasp on you. And ironically, it tends to be when you're going through the worst time of your life, right? Because what else are you doing? You're trying to distract yourself with social media. Right. It's so funny. Like I try to think back to a time like before social media, right? Like I spend so much time on social media that I can't imagine a world without it. You know, like I'm on it for business. I'm on it, you know, personal. I'm like, if I'm not in front of a computer doing social media, I'm, you know, it's after five o'clock, I'm sitting on the couch looking at social media. I'm like, can you imagine what, like, I can't imagine what life was like back in 2007. What did I do? Did I read a magazine? Well, we had MySpace then, didn't we? (laughs) Well, yeah, for sure. But (laughs) I was never on it. You know, I could care less. But like, what did I do? Like, I was probably happier. I was more productive. You know, these are the things that, Kind of transitions into my next question about yeah. this, you know, and we touched upon a few of the things that you can do to protect your mental health. We talked about therapy. There's medication. Some people don't believe in medication. That's cool. Like Keep you know, you, you I know, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you can you can work your way through, you know, challenges by talking to people. You don't have to be, medicate. No. Um, you know, it, it's up to you. But as long as you you recognize that you you need some help and you have resources available to you, absolutely, you know. And everyone has resources available to you. I, right. I, I think that's very important to stress. You know, it, companies are providing mental health resources. And even if you're not employed, there are resources out there to, you know, for you to, to, I mean, you just have Google, just Google it and, and, and you'll realize that there, there are, there's help available, but what other things can you talk about that has helped you kind of protect your mental health? You talked about kind of, you know, paring down your followers and the people that you follow, and which is a very good first step, you know, get your social media to be the people that you really want to interact with. You know, yeah. who are these people? You don't need all these people in your life. Um, you don't even know half of them. That, that's how exactly. I look at it. It's like, um, exactly. What else? What else do you do? So I've started, um, well, and actually probably about a year ago I started, and this was an active process. Like it, it, it took time and now, now it's just become habit. Right. Um, I do not look at my phone for the first hour I'm awake. Now, during the week, <laughs> I wake up earlier so that I do not look at the phone for the first hour I'm awake. Um, you know, sometimes depending on what time I, I, I have to, but I sure as heck now, and I'd say this has been very consistent for the last, since before I started it, well, since I started at High Caliber Line, actually, I'm a sous chef with Promo Kitchen. I'm posting a lot of things for Promo Kitchen, you know, on and, and whatnot. Um, I... 
I don't look at social media for the first hour, even if I'm looking at my emails, that's been a big help. And I have found through the process of transitioning myself to not look through my phone that even now, if I'll go look at my work emails, just to see if something came in overnight or at 4am, um, I don't go directly to social media next. It's just, I've trained myself not to. And I have found, I was thinking about this when I was getting ready for this podcast, I was trying to think, like trying to track it back to see if I can remember some instances where I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm happier because, and I can't remember a specific instance, but it has been about hmm, six months where I just don't feel this weird stress, you know? Um, so just taking breaks from that. I don't scroll through my social media nearly as often as I used to. If I'm going to, it's a very conscious decision. Like, okay, I'm going to take 30 minutes today. I'm going to go through, I'm going to like things on my LinkedIn. I'm going to shake up some algorithms. I'm going to share some promotional content. I'm going to, you know, engage as promo kitchen on people's Facebook pages. And even that's more work than anything else. Right. Um, right. I stopped caring about, I stopped needing to take so many pictures when I was out. That's another thing too. And that's a hard thing for me because I love pictures, but I would notice that I would take photos when I was out with friends or out of work and da, 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 and then right that second had to post them to social media. Um, I just started carving social media time back into my life, if that makes sense. A nope. half hour here, a little bit here today. I'm kind of going to scroll through or, you know what I mean? But other than that, I've just trained myself to, to not. Yeah. I, I love that answer. I, I love a couple parts of the answer. One, the whole first hour, keep, you know, brew some coffee, read some emails, stay away from social media, meditate, do something, stay off social media, like it, train yourself to do that. I, I love that answer. Also, I really love what you said about less pictures, less like I see groups of people together and especially younger people. And, and look, older people do it too. groups of people. They're just, they're, they're sitting at a table at a restaurant. They're all on their phones, right? Probably because they took a picture of their food and now they're all posting it on social media, right? That's a very, very common thing to do. Yep. Now, if you don't do that, you have more time to engage with your friends, family, whoever you're with. I think it's more of an enriching experience, you know, overall, than to have to sit there and worry about how many likes you got on your steak dinner that you just ate, yes. you know, and it's, and I think that's a really great point. And in fact, I'm going to take some of your, your tips and I'm going to, I'm going to try them as well because I'm guilty of the first thing I do in the morning is go to social media. Boom. In fact, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, you know, it's hard to get back to sleep. Boom. I pick up my phone. It's right there. You know? And I'm like, that is so unhealthy. Like, you know, not only is it going to mess up with your sleep cycles, you know, and you're not going to be as, as, you know, refreshed the next day, but also you're, you know, there you are like looking for likes and comments and share in the middle of the night. Or just seeing what other people are up to. And I'm like, I don't care what these people are up to, you know, it's a, uh, and, and not that I don't care. I'm actually kind of a very nosy person and I really like to be in the know on everything. And that's why you'll see like some days I'll go through social media and it's like, I'm commenting on everything. I'm, you know, but that's because I've carved out time in my day. Like I'm going to spend 30 minutes. I'm just going to go see what everybody's up to in the world of promo and the world of, you know, when I'm posting things on social media for um, work, I post it and then that's it. Like right. I don't even, and again, I've read the power of habit like four times. Actually, I'm in the middle of reading it for the fourth time. <laughs> so it's been a lot of active work to do that. But my anxiety is I didn't realize that I felt like I had so much to prove good or bad to people. I didn't realize how much I felt like I needed to be heard. And I've always right. liked to be the center of attention. I have a lot of opinions. I like to share them, but 
heard in a different way. You know what I mean? I didn't sure. realize how much I was longing for these things that I was finding on social media instead of taking the pictures of my girlfriends out at dinner, taking a bunch of them. And then I put my phone right back in my purse and I hang out and I engage in the conversation. Right. And maybe I do a photo dump at the end of the weekend because, hey, I love putting that stuff on social media. Don't get me wrong. I'm very pro-social, but it's just, it takes up so much time. And I find myself now, I don't know if that's an age thing too, getting so frustrated. Like you take this picture and then, okay, the evening or the day or whatever stops for 10 minutes because you're finding a filter and what caption am I going to put? And, right. and it's, it's just, it's not, I, I've really learned to appreciate being present. In the moment, um, right? Yeah. And I think I've, I've worked through enough crap on the mental right. health side to, um, appreciate that. I appreciate being present right Certainly. now, Certainly. but it's also, it's, it's helped. I don't feel a need to just like, you know, take a photo and dump it or, you know what I mean? Now Absolutely. I take it more personally. If I don't get likes on my promotional product that I'm posting than something personal, because right. that I'm in a place now where it's just like more for me for the most part. But the promotion, I'm like, that was a great angle, or I did a great editing job on that, or why doesn't anybody like this? I right, customized right. a catalog for you. Put it on right. Facebook. Yeah, it still affects you, though. Like I, I you it know, does. Er, earlier in this podcast, I was talking about some of the stuff that I post on for ASI, and I'm like, this was a really good tweet. Why didn't anybody like it? You're like, and then I post something stupid and frivolous where I'm, you know, it's, oh, it's autumn today. You know, it's the first day of autumn. Boom, yeah. I get like 10 likes. And I'm like, are people even reading what I'm posting? And then yeah, I start like, that. And I'm like, are you even reading what I'm posting? Are you paying attention? <laughs> right. So you just got to chalk it up to like, hey, it's the social media gods. You know, it's the algorithm. Blame it on something. Don't blame it on yourself. Don't take it personally. Um, but I know we only have a few more minutes. I, I hope we have a few more minutes. I yep, yep, we're good. We're okay. Good. So um, for me, uh, aside from therapy and medication, I've also taken an hour a day and I've been doing this all 2021 to either go for a bike ride, go for a walk. And I, and I do it for an hour. I make sure, you know, it, if I do a 45 minute bike ride, I still have 15 more minutes. You know, I'll, I'll do something else. I take that hour away from my day to do something that has nothing to do with my phone. I keep I my phone that. away. And, and look, you do it, you know, hour in the morning for me, I do it, you know, an hour later in the day, you know, afternoon, but I, I make sure there's exercise involved. And that has really, really helped my overall mental health. I cannot stress it enough. People do meditation. People do, you know, um, and jumping rope, whatever they do. I think, I think exercise is something that is really going to help you in the long run. Um, and even in the short term, I, I think exercise will, you'll start to see a change. You have more energy. You'll feel better about yourself. It does. Don't, but don't and take your phone with you when you're exercising. That's, that's a huge thing. That is my huge pet peeve. So when I, so I do CrossFit, so I'm there for not, my phone is not near me, like where, you know what I mean? So that's, that's nice. But my pet peeve is like when I would go to a nor, quote unquote, normal gym and people are on their phones, or if I'm on my phone at a gym, or if I'm like, I, I love that you take that hour and do not take your phone. Like that's, you know, I'll purposely, like, I'll be working outside my little back patio office and I'll, I'm going to go run and change a load of laundry. I'll purposely leave my phone out because most of the time I'm just going to get Facebook notifications that I sure. don't need to look at. You know what I mean? And it's just right. a really freeing feeling. So the fact that you're going out and exercises and there's scientific components to how that helps with your mental health, but you're not taking your phone with you, like you're negating the whole purpose of getting out and riding your bike or, you know what I mean? 
Um, I do take my phone. I go on walks a lot at night around my neighborhood and I do take my phone, but I've started listening to, that's when I'll listen to like my audio books or catch up on my podcast for the day or something. And I'm not looking at text messages. I'll have text messages or social media notifications from the day. And again, not because I'm that cool, just because somebody commented on a group page that I'm on. Um, and I won't even look at those before I go. And it's just, you know what I mean? It's just a yeah, totally. And look, the only reason I take my phone with me when I exercise is that I track my exercise with the app. But That's I don't. A great reason. Yeah, and I don't. And don't get lost. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> if I get lost, then I get running. other problems. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm like, you know, I track my my exercise through through an app called Strava and. To me, that's the, I don't look at it while I'm riding a bike or walking. I just I just do my exercise. So th- that is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, this is not scripted. Do you have you found that is this? So you've been doing it all of 2021, and um, I know you've mentioned publicly that you started therapy last year, right? Uh, this well, it was the end of last year. Yeah, so into this year. Do you think the two have gone hand in hand? Like, do you think that going to therapy and the medication, you know, just finding your your journey through your mental health story, do you think that has allowed you to care less about the social media from the personal standpoint? I feel like I they do. kind of go hand in hand. Maybe I do. I think so. Okay, I yes. think um, the social media, um, you know, the the anxiety and the depression that has come with the social media before I actually was, you know, doing the therapy and the medication was more acute than it would, it would be now. Um, so I still get those pangs of like, mm-hmm. like what, what, you know, what the hell went wrong? Like, why didn't anyone like this? You know, and I'm like, it, but they're not as debilitating as they once yes. were. Like to me, I feel like, you know, look, we had a lot like last year was, terrible for everybody um you know and just having to to think about the what ifs and you know where's life gonna be in six months you know everyone was kind of dealing with that yeah you throw in social media and the angst that that created from the conversations i would follow were were the most debilitating thing for me but once i started to to take measures to help myself I started to realize that I wasn't seeking out these conversations anymore. I was, I was more focused in, in what I set out to do on social media and therefore I wasn't. And even when I went down those rabbit holes, I I really didn't find that they were as satisfying. Well, satisfying. They were before, but you know what I mean? Right. Like they weren't as appealing to me and and I didn't, I didn't really find that the conversations weren't impacting me as they once were like, Hey, you know, like people, like I said, people can say whatever they want on social media and you have to be able to understand what is, is real and what's like people just looking for a rise out of others. So, and that's kind of what a lot of social media is. People are just kind of like, they just, the anonymity, the, um, you know, the keyboard warriors that they're looking to get a rise out of a lot of people. And I, yeah. I find it, I, I'm not affected by that as much. Good. I love hearing that. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of where I'm at too. So we have a few more questions and, and a few more minutes. I just wanted to kind of touch on a, a few others. Now, when it comes to network, it seems like there are certain social media networks seem to be worse than others. Like w- which social media uh, platforms do you find to be the most, <sighs> And I hate to say it's it, everyone is 
you know, everyone's different, but which right. ones do you, do you find to be the most toxic for you? And I'll also tell you. you yeah. Know, ones. Um, ironically, it's my favorite platform and it's the one that has that, well, Facebook was, Facebook was the most toxic for me. Facebook, that time that I was talking about when I realized, um, that social media was impacting my life negatively, <laughs> very, right. very negatively. Um, and not even net affecting me negatively when I realized that it had more of a hold on me, I think, than I, I, I thought that it had, um, it was Facebook because things will just pop up. Like I said, I can, I can unfollow people if I don't want to read their political rants sure. or, you know what I mean, but somebody tags them in something and they pop back up and it's, it's just, it's, you don't find that on Instagram. Right. So the comments or the so-and-so commented on this post of somebody. Sure. You know, so Facebook, I think was the most detrimental to my mental health. Um, it took me to very, very, very dark places for a very long time. Um, Instagram is what I think it's, it's, it's my favorite platform, but because it's mostly just photos, you're limited, like you're not really with Facebook. Um, you can't see like what other people are really saying, but then you have these people, like you post a photo and you have some DM me for a collab or, you know, I've, I've talked to girlfriends that are like, why do you have all these DM me for a collab? I'm like, I block those people. Or, you know, what if somebody else is looking at that? Or why did they get this? And I just, all these weird, weird kind of creatures that are looking, uh, lurking on Instagram. And I think the stories too, people are, you know, really big into the stories. So if I'm not posting a Instagram, that, that was one that got difficult for me over the pandemic, you know, it was 16 months. I was sleeping on couches and I probably had top ramen to eat the last two days. Like if I ate the last two days and I'd see somebody like, oh, we just cooked this great meal. Like, oh, I hate quarantine, but like, here's this delicious meal. And right. I found myself getting resentful or, you know, they're six feet away from people, but they had people around them. And I found myself because of the place I was in getting resentful. Sure. And for me, res- resentments are, um, it's the biggest thing I have to constantly kind of sure. work on. So, um, Instagram really kind of, yeah, I could see where Instagram, I'm not a big Instagram user. Um, so I, but I could see where it would create a lot of that, um, you know, feelings of inadequacy, um, you know, especially with the stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's this, here's that. And you're like, Whoa, what's everybody doing? And it's, um, yeah, that became, now it's my favorite, um, to use. Yeah. And I, and I, I I use it for what it's for and then I go about my way, but yeah. And, but, but again, any network, I think you can get sucked down into dark places, but for me, what Twitter, about you? Yeah. Twitter is just, uh, I mean, it's, it's my favorite network. And of course, it, most networks that, you know, somebody says their favorite is going to lead them down, you know, dark places. Cause you're on it so much for me, right. Twitter, just everyone just, you know, it's boom, 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 quick comments. And it just, you just lead down dark places. Um, Facebook too, like Facebook is uh, the, you know, I mean, there's misinformation everywhere, but it just seemed like with all the, the memes and the politics, you know, it just, it was a dark, ugly place. Probably still is. I don't go on it much anymore. Um, I don't as much either. And I will say to you that promotional products, professionals, Facebook page, I've spoken about this before. I'm going to get myself kicked off of being invited to be on another podcast. If I keep saying this, but I have such a love hate with that page mm-hmm. because I, I unfollow it. I have to unfollow it because 
I just see so many people complaining and it's, and, and bringing up names and name bashing suppliers, yep. suppliers that, and, you know, d- distributors, I guess too. And it's just, it makes me, nothing makes me angrier than like, I won't go down a sad rabbit hole. That won't make me feel depressed or like a FOMO, but I feel yep. like I need to like share my opinion with everybody and stand up for like every single supplier that's been bashed sure. on that site. That's a, a very, very negative component to something that should be a very, very positive social media experience. You know what I mean? But then again, I think that just comes down to the the people. But right, and I and I agree. There, there's you you can't you can't prevent people from doing what they're doing. And I know it's moderated, um, but you you still see those conversations and you get frustrated. People like, feel people fires, and it just keeps going and going and going, and then we don't even remember what everybody's arguing about anymore. It's just right. everybody's pissed off. Like we have it too in that group. You know, when people start bashing ASI, and look, you know, it it happens a lot, and I'm just like, you know, it's the same thing it's the same topic and and, you know we just go down this whole like frustration like it's like here we go again with this you know and and does it need to be public why are you bashing somebody for this in in a public space and you see it a lot and it's it's it really it kind of frustrates you um but i i do i do feel like facebook when you whittle out all the the negative stuff i think groups are a really great place for people to do business I have a lot of very positive interactions with a lot of totally. A lot of I love groups. I think groups are uh, you know great for our industry, and I think a lot of people are helping and networking, and they're they're doing business through the groups. So, Facebook, it is there is there are positive aspects to Facebook. Very many positive aspects. Aspects, yeah. Promo Kitchen, our mentorship program, we moved to a Facebook platform, and it's been wildly successful. By successful, I mean we've had you know a lot of great connections, and people can you know talk freely there. I'm a and a lot of vendor connection groups. So I, I do think Facebook has a lot of, a lot of yeah. good for me. It's so, what kind of tanked me. I know. Well, Facebook, yeah. Love, hate relationship. I think a lot of yeah. people have that with Facebook. So um, we talked about the, the, the bad networks or the networks that have potential to send you down into dark places. What about uh, positive networks? I'll, I'll start with one. I think yeah. LinkedIn is, is a really, look, people are on there for for business, yes, they're networking. I think everyone is more buttoned up on on LinkedIn, and they're they're really interested in doing business. It, there's 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 a I mean there's not it's not completely without its negativity, but right. I think it's it's like an uplifting network. I go there and I go there so so little, and I feel bad because I'm like here's the, here's my answer. I should just go to LinkedIn every day and, and spend more time there. But I feel like I rarely see anything that's crappy or negative. Uh, and I, and I feel like that's a network that if you're going to spend time on, spend it on LinkedIn. I agree with you. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's one that I've been trying to get more involved in. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends who just started FlexPoint um, in the industry and they're helping people boost up their LinkedIn. And I was like, I told, I'm like, you guys made LinkedIn sound sexy. Like it's appealing. Like when you're utilizing, like using it the right way. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of like, an adult Facebook, right? Like sure, you go yeah. and it's, it's good vibes and it's kind of just the, I don't know, it's like my, my bougie Facebook or something, but I'm trying right. to get more involved with LinkedIn too. Cause I just, I think it's got a lot of great information and I think people really pay attention. I don't get any likes on anything I post on LinkedIn. So pushing through that's been a little tough. I'm not going yeah. to lie to you. <laughs> but I'm working you know, on it. <laughs> when I post the rare occasion that I do post very little interaction, but I do think that you have to kind of really build that up. You have to be more consistent on LinkedIn, yep. you have to really um, also engage yourself on other people's content. Yeah, S- start start building up more of a presence there, and I think you'll start to see your content get a little bit more engagement. 
you can't just like randomly post after six months and expect, you know, a hundred likes. likes on Instagram. I should have the same one LinkedIn. <laughs> it doesn't and work like that. I have a lot of great connections on LinkedIn so far yeah. though. I have met some really, yeah. So I, I do love that for business. So yeah, I, I love LinkedIn. So, um, I, I know it's like, we're a little bit over here, but we can probably talk forever. But, um, so uh, before we go, do you have any final tips for people looking to protect themselves from negative effects of social media? Yeah, I know I'm kind of all over the place with social media because, again, I have such a I wouldn't even call it a love hate anymore. I've just separated what I love about it and what I hate about it. And when I catch myself doing something I hate, I'll literally say outside, Amanda, stop it. <laughs> like, stop. And I'll shut my phone. I'll throw it sometimes. I'm like, just stop. Like, stop myself from going back down those rabbit holes. Yeah, you know, I think it's um just just limit yourself, you know, your, your social media for me anyways, my social media is, is like a a digital scrapbook of my, my life. It's a connection. So I can talk to people in my life that make me happy that I hopefully make happy. And, you know, it's, it's for business. And, um, I'm, I'm talking to my customers all day, every day about utilizing social media to grow their business. There's so many great components of it. I think going completely dark off of social media, if you're like, well, screw this, I'm just not, no Facebook, no whatever. For me, it was an active, every day I was like, oh, I took myself off Facebook or I'm not looking on Facebook because, you know, ABC. And then that almost becomes a chore where you're all up in your head. You know what I mean? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. for anybody who wants to kind of escape the, the negative things, just remember we're all using filters. We're all posing with our best angle. We're all posting the best meals we're eating. You know what I mean? And then even the people that are posting, I went through this or I had kind of a hard time. It's, it's that outlet. It's therapeutic for them too. Um, I've done that before where it's really therapeutic for me just to like, you know, talk about my mom who passed away and just share some things out there, but it's just removing some people. You don't have to unfriend people and be all dramatic, but just like unfollow people, mute people. The snooze for 30 days has been a great thing for me. Not because I don't like anybody on my social, but just if, you know, it just kind of mixes it up a little bit. Um, just, just remember that your social media is for you and hopefully to grow your business. And it doesn't matter what other people think of your social media. It's, it's, it's your lifeline. It's your digital footprint out there. And if you're um, not getting a lot of likes on your business, social media profiles, and maybe we should talk to some people and help us step that game up. But right. at the end of the day, your social media really is just for you. We're all going through the same stuff. We're all battling the same demons. Some of us right. just use a black and white filter instead of a full color. <laughs> I love what you brought up about, um, you know, the, the tools. And that, that was going to be my last point. Like if you have to be on social media and you're still prone to the addictions that, you know, took you into the dark places. There are tools like Google, how you can protect yourself while you're on social media, like Facebook, you mentioned, if there's somebody who's posting really stuff that triggers you, you can silence them. You don't have to unfollow them. You can mute them for 30 days. And I, I, I use that a lot during the, um, the election time, you know, it was just, it was very polarizing, um, you know, and I didn't want to see a lot of this stuff. So I was able to kind of put myself in a better position so that when I went to my feed, I didn't have to see the stuff that triggered me. And, and, and that's I think, not about the person. That's about the content, right? Right. So it's, that's another thing too. I think social media, it's, it's not personal guys. Right. It's, everybody uses it their own way. It's not, it's not right. personal. So, so you take the resentment you would feel towards this person who posted it away because you don't, you're not going to see it. So exactly. I think that's really how you have to kind of engineer your social media to be the, pl- the place for the things that you want to see. And you can do that 
it takes a little bit of education and learning and, you know, understanding how it works. Um, but it's out there. Social media has a lot of settings. You know, it doesn't matter what network you're on. You can kind of, you know, tr train your feed to be what you want so that yeah. it's, it, it helps you. It's supposed to be making you happy. Like right. social media is something that's supposed to be, you know, make, make, making you happy or something fun, a distraction. It's not, it's not supposed to bring you down. And just like anything else in your life, if it's something that's bringing you down, nobody's telling you, you have to be on social media, take right. a break for a few days, try not looking at it, you know, a little bit kind of throughout the day. Facebook's fun for me again, because I don't look at it that often. So it's like this whole new, I'm like, Oh, they had a baby. I didn't know this was happening. Where yeah. have I been? Then the FOMO starts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I just posted for the first time in like a couple months the other day. And I was like, Oh, wow. You know, I like, got a notification. I was like, this is weird yeah. because I don't have it set to get all your notifications, but it said it's posted for the first time in a while. And I was like, are you watching me, Benny? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But um, all right, Amanda, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad we had it today. Um, before we go, uh, can you let people know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am on Instagram at that promo life. Um, if you're my friend and I like you, uh, at AJ Laney, nine, one, nine, my Facebook is AJ Laney, nine, one, one, or nine, one, nine. And then, um, LinkedIn is just Amanda Delaney dash M A S. I do not tweet. I've heard that's a rabbit hole that I should go down when I can't make it to CrossFit, but, um, yeah. those are the three that I'm on. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time on the social angle.